die alsjeblieft de microfoon gebruiken. Ja. Does it work? Yes. Okay. So I don't have to. Okay, well, I was going to say a moment of silence might be appropriate to this film, for me at least. Would you have that? Why not? Well, Vincent, um, um since you have brought us into this life so intimately of these two people, I cannot but ask you, after these 10 years that you saw them, what, what happened to them? Did Arthur? Reappears sometimes. Do you have any contact with Leonard in those ten years? You I think you're sitting on a I guess it works. Hello. Okay. Yes. Yes, I I have a I have a contact with uh, Leonard, and uh, um. But that's uh, two years after we made the film, he also disappeared. Uh, you know, guys that are living on the streets, they just disappear. And you can only ask the other guy who's at the corner, and they'll tell you they haven't seen them as well. So you, they, they just take their, their lives. They appear when they want to appear, and they disappear when they want to disappear. Sadly, most of the time when they disappear, it's, it's concluded that they've passed away uh, until they appear again. <coughs> That's what you expect would happen to Arthur too? I think uh, the chances, in my experience, the chances are, are that he, he probably died. I mean, there's other guys that we, that were friends that I, during my research, I, I wanted them to be characters. But before I could start filming, um, they had passed away, uh, which is just a... Uh, the way life is for some people, uh, certainly. Yes. So maybe we can go back in time a bit. Um, so how did you, you meet Leonard? I'm curious to know, and how did you see the story of his life, the story of South Africa now? Yeah. Well, first, I, I, must, <laughs> I must thank Ilfa for bringing this film out. I was quite surprised when they had an interest of showing it, because I've done, like, I think, about 10 years ago. And, and to, to think that it still has relevancy today, I think it's humbling. But I met, I met Leonard on the street. Um, just like most filmmakers, when you walk on the street, you always have this interest of people in general. Uh, but in particular in Johannesburg, because I remember when I was a kid in Johannesburg, it was like, um, you know, it was just a city full of white people. There weren't black people because they were not really allowed to those spaces. At least I know that's what my mother used to tell me. Um, and you only go once or twice in the city. Uh, but as a grown man, and of course this is after the fall of apartheid, you realize that the city has changed. It's not the same memory that you had of the city when you were young. And now it's almost 90% uh, black and more white people have moved out of the city. And of course they've created other cities around Johannesburg, which are new, and where the money is. So um, the city center, it's almost like a, you know, a, a, a hellhole, so to speak. Uh, it's poverty-stricken, of course. And to still see uh, white people living there, they must, to me, it was like, I'd like to understand them. And, 
and know what's their perspective on, on life today uh, and what's, what, how do they take this change uh, because it's almost like they, they are the left behind ones. Uh, I mean the amount of inequality in South Africa it hasn't really changed. In fact it has gotten worse. There's you know, more black people that are poor and there's more white people that are getting more richer. So the race the racial inequality is still, it's worse than it used to be during apartheid, which is quite yes. funny. But I guess it's just the way the economic system works, those who've got a little bit of capital. Yes, but, but it can change, I think. Because during your work, you are very much off screen, of course. Yes. So, uh, but race is always there. So we're in the subtext, yes, thank you. Is it so better like this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the subtext, uh, and sometimes um, make some prickly remarks uh, to you. Yeah, something like, well, maybe it's black apartheid in reverse, uh, something like that. Um, do you think race is not so much an issue anymore? Well, I mean, I think race all over the world is becoming more and more, which is very sad. At least it's a reflection of, of the human race what we are as a people, you know, we, we seem to have regressed and more and more. We see more cases of, 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 of racial intolerance and everywhere, basically, uh, in the world. And so South Africa is not special. It's even worse in South Africa because it also taps onto the, uh, uh, the economy. You know? So you know, once more people are getting poor and poor, uh, it doesn't help, especially uh, now. So it, it hasn't changed. In terms of policies, of course, it has changed. And, and sometimes in terms of people's relationship with each other, it has gotten better. Um, but, but um, you know, the, the lifestyle of people, it's what separates them. Uh, and unfortunately, yes. But you followed him for a year, you tell us, in the last uh, minutes. Um, how did you get his trust and keep his trust all the time? Well, he's a quite a charming man. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I must admit, I kind of fall, uh, fell in love with him uh, as a person, of course, uh, which is what made it easy for me. Uh, and I think, he, I think he trusted me because I, it, took, it took me a while uh, for me to, to start filming him. I've always said I wanted to make a film about him because I think his, his, his thoughts are interesting. And at first he laughed at me because he thought I was, I was joking. And, and then I kept on saying it to him until he says, yes, let's, let's do it. Um, when, when he was ready to do it, um, I, I said I'm not ready. So I just established a friendship with him. And, and that's how he... he he got to, I mean, I don't, not many people go to, to the area that he lives in. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also had to, to gather enough strength to, to visit him in his area. So once I visited the area a lot, he thought, okay, this is the guy I can trust because he comes to where I live. It's quite a, a rough neighborhood, um, you know, it's a, even for a black guy. Uh, especially for a black guy that they see like he's not a local and so um, I think once I've gotten 
I've gotten over that where I could go to his neighborhood and, and, and hang around with him there a lot. He, he, he felt that he could trust me. But at any point did you, did you pay him, for instance? You gave him some clothes, we see, at the end. Yes. That was at the end of the year, or at least at the end of the film, I don't know. But yeah. But uh, did you pay him, or did you do him any favors for him to I think initially, when I was his friend, um, when I kept, when he, because he bags, I mean, how we met you also, like, I see him on the street, and I'll give him something, and I'll give him something. Uh, I guess that's the way I've paid him. But once we started making films, I couldn't until where he just, he sounded like he was really begging me for me to give him something. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I had to say, you want to change? You say the only thing that's stopping you from changing your life is for you to get a job. And I said, I, said, I, I need to look good. And says, okay, I'll give you this much. And then he, surprisingly, I wasn't expecting him to buy a suit, to be honest. I was expecting him to, to buy drugs. To to buy buy drugs. Uh, and so he surprised me when he came back and he says, oh, I bought a suit. Um, but funny enough, the same day after he wore that suit, he went to the same spot to bed and the next day and the next day mm -hmm. uh, until he lost the suit. And I think he sold it in the end. Uh, and then that's when I, I, you know, I, I was saying to him, I don't think, um, which he didn't like, I, I said, I don't think you're ever going to change, and which was a judgment for me to him. He didn't like that so much, so I think but giving him the opportunity, and oh, I also paid his rent for, for that bit, and, and he still didn't change, and after that, and I said, well, I don't think you have... At a certain point, he gets a bit angry at you at the end, yeah. when you suggest might, there are people who might see him as a white trash. Yes. So he's not developed by you, you mentioned that all the time. Yeah, we have I mean, he's a friend. We've got into, you know, that's a beauty about when you, when you uh, I mean, I can call him a friend. Um, it's when you've gone over the, the other stuff, you can talk friendly with each other, and then he can tell, he can give it back to me. So it was okay. It wasn't really, to me, it wasn't. Yeah. But, but there's a larger uh, resentment yes. about how things have changed in South Africa since 1990 or 1994. Uh, do you understand that sentiment? It's part of the reason I liked him because he's got nothing to lose and so he could speak frankly about uh, the things. A lot of thoughts or a lot of opinions of what he said is a representation of the majority of people in South Africa from both sides. Yeah. Okay, well, my, my last question before you can enter the discussion uh, is where we started with in, in the first place is do you feel that this little story this little life on Leonard uh, <coughs> has a broader meaning for the states of Africa is in now? I think it would be very interesting for them to, to, to revisit it and, and, and watch the film again it was shown on TV of course and, and film festival in, in the country and they quite enjoyed it and, and I think it's probably more relevant now than it used to be because as more people are getting more frustrated with racial relationship and as more white people are also feeling the strain of the economic systems because now they no longer have government backings and that can caution them from, from the harshness of 
of, uh, of the economy or of being poor. Um, they get more frustrated and, 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 and they talk more about it. And, and of course, with the introduction of social media, you see more, especially poor, poor white people are now posting even more uh, vulgar uh, opinions on, on, on social media. And I guess it's a, it's a phase where we are at, where people are, are expressing their frustration. Uh, and of course, it happens on the other side as well, where black people who had an expectation of that life was going to be better for them once a party comes to an end and haven't felt the change or they haven't benefited from the change and they're getting more frustrated and also they, they're expressing their opinions uh, which are vulgar as well or rather even more honest so it's almost like we're at a point where we, um, you know, uh, there's, there's conflict here there, uh, and, and there's, there's harsh confrontation. Um, and it, it's a bit scary because you feel at some point, it feels like it's going to get to a point where it, it's getting to, to a civil war. Uh, and not quite civil war, but whatever that's closer to it. And there's something bubbling under um, that, that I think everyone can feel it. Um, but I don't think anyone has a plan how to counter it. And I think, to be honest, to counter it is, is probably, in my opinion, it's probably to, you know, to try and, and deal with the issue, which is also the economy issue. But the way the world is going is, if you're poor, there's very little chance that you'll survive um, the harshness of what, what we are, what, where we are. Uh, okay. So I actually don't know what's going to be what's going to be the solution, but it's there's definitely there's definitely um, a dangerous confrontation that that's happening at the moment. Okay, well, thank you. I can't see you very well, so uh, um, who, who would like to put questions to Fitz? Well, I have a question. I'm the balcony. You're the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he says there's somebody with a microphone at the balcony. No, maybe you can repeat the question. I'll, I'll repeat the question. Okay. Well, I'm quite interested why you just uh, chose to make a film on just this one person's life when there are so many other things that are that's happening in South Africa. Okay, and so the question is why did you zoom in to one person's life while there's so much happening? right now in South Africa. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I, you know, we all, uh, at first, there was a lot of interest uh, in trying to understand each side. When I say each side, is that the black and the white. And there were lots of films that were made um, about uh, the transitional period of, from a part from apartheid to freedom. And I'll, I always have a keen interest on people who are living on the edge of society. Um, and I find them, because they are, their opinion are never really represented. Uh, for an example, guys like Leonard don't really vote, they don't really have a party that they fall under, so no one really represents them. Uh, they basically don't have 
um, a, a way on, of, of reflecting their opinion because they also don't have the platform to do such a thing. So, uh, uh, and I thought it was interesting to hear what they feel and, and, and how they, because the, the situation is in is quite unique. Yeah. Is Continuing on your question, the yeah. question is still a bit, would he have been destitute and a drug addict in the 80s also under apartheid? Yeah, but except the difference that is that he would have government support and cushion. So the social structure has changed now. So he doesn't have a leg over. He doesn't have somebody now that, that protects him from all that we are exposed for, where the general public is exposed for. It, it really is based on an individual now. Yes. Other questions? Yes, please. Um, this is, oh. <laughs> Uh, this is one black, per one white person. You say uh, Johannesburg. I've never been there. It's ninety percent black people. So for my for my picture of the whole um, downside of the of the town, is it is it not that uh, what is then the 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 question the ratio the percentage yeah how many, how many I mean is is he is he just your interest because he is a white man being a junk, or are there loads of, and maybe 90% more black people who are in the same situation? Is it the social phenomenon? <coughs> well, yeah, the drugs, especially in that area where he lives, uh, the majority of people are drug addicts. Uh, black and, and white. Black and white. And white. But yeah. is, there a, is there more white, more black? Or is there no, I, 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 I can't give you scientifically and say there's more white, but because there's more black people living in that area, the majority of them would be black. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Leonard is really a sprinkle uh, uh, in, 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 terms of, in terms of people that are living there. Uh, and I think I can literally say to you, in a five block radius, there's probably about four white guys that I know that live in that area. It's him and his friend, and one other guy that everyone is scared of, uh, and some old lady. But would it be, um, um, would it be still be apartheid if you had made a film of a black guy in the same position? Um, just, I don't understand the question. Um, Do yeah, because uh, now it's, it's interesting because there is apartheid and. Uh, there's this white man being in the lowest area of, of the city. Um, is it, uh, and you're talking about apartheid, he is talking about apartheid a lot, the, the guy. Um, and now I'm interested, would the, would, would the black guy in the same situation make the same um, thoughts about being in this place? Oh, I think I understand. You understand what I want to say? Yeah, so. Yeah. I think the black guy would, would probably say some of the things, but um, it would be in reaction. It won't be in the same manner that he is, where the black guy would, the black guy would be disappointed uh, of the government, but wouldn't feel that the government is trying, is intentionally trying to suppress them. Whereas in Leonard's case, he thinks that is intentionally the government is intentionally trying to put him down, but. In terms of disappointment, there are lots of black people that feel that, you know, um, 
we, this is not what we signed up for. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we signed up for a better, for a better future. And, and, I, and you know, I also don't want to, to say, you know, the government is bad and bad only, because there are other systems that are put in place. But I think it's very difficult when you're poor to, to even use those systems that are put, are put in place. Thank you. Yes. Anybody else? I got a question. You showed us. You showed us the situation in Antwerp, in a big city. Is it also visual this problem in small villages, in the agricultural surroundings? I mean, everywhere. There are poor white people on the other side. Yes, they, they, it's, it's, it's a phenomenon that's growing um, more and more. You see more white people. In fact, um, there's now a squatter camp of white people. Um, is, is it the same way, squatter camp? Do you, you understand what I mean by squatter camp? Okay, so there's now even more interesting. There's a squatter camp of white people, uh, which is interesting that even after apartheid, even when you're poor, there's still a division. Uh, that that exists. So yes, the, the you know the, the situation is hitting everyone. But I mean, in comparison to the black people, it's it's you know it's a tiny fraction. But you do see more and more. And I actually was surprised the other day when my daughter, uh, not the other day, a few months back, and um, when my daughter um, didn't see anything weird about a white beggar um, and, and she you know she's 10 years old from um, Masan, 10 years old and then he was like oh why do they always uh, pick the certain corners and I said what do you mean because uh, beggars are everywhere he says no 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 I mean the white beggars they're always in certain corners they're not everywhere else and and I was I, in, in my head it's like oh it's normal to have during my time when I was growing up, it wasn't normal to see white beggars. So it's so normal to actually has even noticed where they are around the city. Uh, so I guess we all feel in the pinch of, of, of our times. Yes. The pinch of our times. Yes. Uh, last question, please. Okay. Uh, hi, Vincent. And, uh, Thank you, it's the second time I'm seeing the film. I saw the film in South Africa and I'm seeing it now. And I'm going to ask you a question in regard to the kind of question you are receiving. If you are a white guy making a film about a black uh, junkie, do you think you will receive the same kind of question you are receiving now? Or if you were a white guy making a film about a white junkie? <laughs> okay. I don't know how to ask it. <laughs> <laughs> I, to answer. I, I, I wouldn't know. Uh, I wouldn't know. I haven't made a feeling. But if I have to take a guess and just put my hand on the block, um, I would say the question would obviously change. Because in particularly, this one was done intentionally, uh, and I made it intentionally that I'm a black guy and he's a white guy. So I suppose that's the premise. And I know. And questions will always be based on the premise of the feeling. Um, I don't know if that helps. 
Yes, so just have the, 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 the shift in perspectives, of course, that yeah. you are referring to. This is uh, Jean-Marie Tello. We will see his film later, where he's also shifting the perspective, the, the, the gaze of the white man to, to the black man becomes the gaze of the black man. <coughs> <to the white. laughs> that's what you did, I think. Is that, is that what you are referring to? Yes, in a way, and also um, because uh, there was a debate in South Africa at one point when they, they had white people filming the blacks and the blacks were filming the white also. And it was around the same time that this project came, came, came to be, I think. That's true. That's true. I, I mean, I think he, uh, he's raising another important question because there's a background to this as well. Is that in South Africa, a lot of filmmakers were white. Uh, and, and so white filmmakers will make films about black people. And to, in, 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 in reaction to that, so a series was, was then proposed to say, okay, let's make it a film where black filmmakers make uh, films about white people. Uh, so it was, it was actually intended so that we, we can see if that has any impact uh, and has, uh, if there would be any uh, new perspective. And it worked in that way. Because uh, the storyteller is always important yes. uh, so because it like provides a certain perspective. The, the audience, were you surprised that the, we were encountering a white destitute person all the time in this film? No. no who who no. was surprised? I was. <laughs> Nobody else. Well, what were you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> surprised. Well, because the cliche is that you see the destitute blacks. So you break that. You show South Africa, uh, post apartheid, uh, focusing on, on, on white person, not the average white person, a white person. Still showing a lot of what is South Africa now, I would say. Not explicitly, but implicitly, you, you see Can many I things. Hear you? Yes. You see many things about South Africa now. Although you, you, zoom in so <laughs> you zoom in so much uh, to this one person. So, well, uh, thank you very much. Can I just to add one, just yeah. like one last thing? Um, and, 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 and the impact this had was actually phenomenal because um, for the very first time, especially with white people, it was quite a surprise when they saw a poor white person because they lived in a very protected area that they don't have to go to the CBD. So to them it was an eye-opener that there's other white people that live like that, which was quite a shock to me and surprised to them that they are surprised that there's people like these. Yeah. <coughs> Thank you very much.